Okay, so I'm out here in Acapulco with lovely Amanda Johnson uh, to talk a bit about Dash. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for asking. <laughs> How are you liking the, the event? Uh, the weather's perfect. The scenery is lovely. I, it's hard to go wrong in this sort of setting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, so many amazing people out here. So I want to ask you why you are so excited about Dash. Sure. So probably for a number of years now, I have thought that what it is that these various cryptocurrencies are attempting to offer is money as a service. It's a product. And so any product provider or service provider can certainly be called a, a company or a business. At least they function sort of like one. And this running a company on a blockchain is, is just a new and interesting thing. But that doesn't mean... That doesn't mean you don't need to be able to operate and function like a business, which is to say, pay all your people, not just the miners, which is to say, have a way for investors to make decisions a la a board of directors. And, and those two things were, were primarily what initially attracted me to Dash. Of course, there are other reasons, but those two foundational things, that is governance and, and incentives for all employees are, are what attracted me. So a lot of your videos are, are, are focused uh, or aimed at people who already know about uh, cryptocurrency uh, and, and Bitcoin or comparing it to Bitcoin. Uh, do you have any plans to, to make any videos that are um, for people who don't know anything about cryptocurrency? Or how, how would you uh, work on that marketing problem in the future? That's a great question. So... I won't be putting a lot of time and effort into reaching out to, I guess, what I would call what, what is called you know, the average person, which is to say non-technical, non-crypto savvy. At this time, until we have a product for them, no cryptocurrency currently has a product for a non-tech savvy user. Uh, we will by the end of this year, however. That's actually why I'm at Anarchapulco this week to present a forthcoming product we have. We're calling it Dash Evolution. And I like to call it, it's, it's the cryptocurrency your mother could comfortably use. Because it will look and feel like PayPal. It's not cryptocurrency, it's a nice mobile app where you can send money to people. Not a big deal. And so, yeah, so that, that would be the more appropriate time to target outreach to, to a non-tech person. That said, there are a lot of people who are simply curious to know, what is this word I heard on Bloomberg or Forbes the other day? What is this word blockchain? And so I did, at the behest of several Dash community members, make a series of videos called Dash School that explains blockchains and Dash like you're five. And so I would encourage you to check that out if you care to have any sort of foundational knowledge about all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Great, great. Uh, so the other thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, is about privacy with Dash because uh, some, um, a, a certain Monero speaker brought up the idea that uh, maybe uh, if someone controls a master node uh, that they could determine who, who spends what even when using the, the privacy features of Dash. So what, how would you respond to that? Sure, I'm glad you asked me. Actually, it could be a full-time job countering uh, misconceptions and fallacies that are spread about Dash. And I'll take a moment to uh, counter this particular one here. So in a private send transaction, and that's what it's called in Dash, if I want to send some Dash from me to you, but I don't want the blockchain to show that an address that's known to be associated with me 
sent directly to an address that's known to be associated with you. What you do is you tell your Dash wallet by clicking a button, actually, you tell it to private send mix. And at that point, you can ask it to mix up to eight rounds. What does that mean, eight rounds? Well, this is where the masternode thing that you mentioned, Kurt, comes in. So that means that in that moment, during that block, actually, there are randomly selected masternodes. We have about 4,400 masternodes on our network. So for every given block, there are randomly selected among those 4,400 masternodes who will look at your wallet and the two other wallets, and they will take the similar denominations that you have, and they'll basically swap them out one with another. You don't have to revoke your private keys. Don't even ask me how that's possible. It's kind of magic, but it works. And as that happens, up to eight times, the anonymity set, or rather call it the doubt set that you create for yourself, is three to the eighth power, which is how much is that? That's a lot. Three to the eighth power. And so the blockchain is showing us that there is three to the eighth powers worth of possibilities of where your coins came from. So if, if what you're asking is, can a masternode see which inputs are currently being swapped through his facilitation on that round? Yes, he probably could, but it's going to go through seven more hops. And he has no, say, say someone is a malicious masternode owner and they want to spy, right? Say they want to do that. Even if they owned 20% of our masternode network, which would be something like 900 masternodes, which is a crazy thing to think about. Even if they owned 20% of our network, they would have a less than, it's something like a 0.0002% chance of being able to trace one single transaction. Oh, and let us not forget that if they owned 900 masternodes, how much Dash would they own? Is that millions of dollars worth of Dash? I don't know if I can do the math on the spot, but that's, that's another element of Dash's security model that, that makes it so strong, which is no one has any power in our network unless they're vested, unless they have both something to gain and something to lose by behaving well. And Satoshi Nakamoto himself in the Bitcoin white paper said, cryptocurrency only works if 51% of your network is honest. And that, that's, that's how it works in Dash on the next step. You must be collateralized, which is to say you must own Dash to run a masternode so that you have even further incentive to be honest. Great. Yeah, well, that's, that's what you want uh, to create a good system. You want to give people incentives to be good, to do good, to, to help the system. Yeah. Uh, so would you say, in, in your opinion, would you say that the level of privacy that you get in, in Dash is comparable or superior to Monero or, or less? Or I mean, I think that anonymity, for the most part, is like a binary thing. Either someone can trace the transaction or they can't. So if nobody can trace a Dash private send and if nobody can trace a Dash, or I'm sorry, a Monero transaction, I would say the anonymity offerings are equal. So we, we don't stop at anonymity. We don't think that just having an anonymous magic internet token is enough to get your grandma on board, Kurt. So anonymity, 
we took care of a long time ago. It was actually the reason Dash was created. It was, it was called Darkcoin. <laughs> so nerdy, but it was to get the point across that privacy is important. Um, so we're now past that and moving toward usability, a la, hey, how can this stuff feel like Venmo or PayPal, but, you, but the user hold his private keys the entire time? And, and that's what I'm here to talk about tomorrow, actually, in my presentation. Great, great. Yeah, so we can see, at least if we compare Monero and Dash and those two levels, they both have privacy, but only one of them is moving towards usability, which is, like you said, it's, uh, that's, that's a thing that's going to make people want to use it. That sounds right to me. Yep. <laughs> Thanks so much, Amanda. Uh, enjoy the conference and the, and the beach and the sun and, the, and everything Mexico has to offer. <laughs> Thank you.